Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. And uh, prior to Pastor David coming, uh, I preached a message called When No is Part of a Yes. I preached a message about the Apostle Paul being really guided, uh, piloted by hindrance by the Holy Spirit. And so I actually want to continue with that today, if you'll allow me to. And so if you have your Bibles, can you please turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. We love our Bibles at Horizon Church. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. And we're going to do part two of this series, when no is part of a yes. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they being Paul, Silas, Timothy, and in a shoot, I'm tired, sorry. In a few short verses, there we go, I do speak English. Luke, join them as well. When they had gone through the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the Word in Asia. This is amazing. You've got the Apostle Paul and his crew preaching the Word of God in Asia. And the Bible says that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to keep going in that direction. Well, they kept going in that direction. And it says in verse 7, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Same thing again. Wow. Verse 8, so passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. So Troas was the neutral location. This is where they were waiting on God for His instructions. It says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, Immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. I don't know if you've ever been rerouted in your life. When you were going in a certain direction, you were heading in a certain path, believing it to be the will of God, believing it to be the plan of God, And all of a sudden, God reroutes your life. Uh, Live long enough and follow the call of God long enough, you will go through times when you discover that this straight line that we love to think of how the will of God actually works is not really a straight line. I've discovered that the will of God is more like spaghetti. You go this way, that way, and somehow or another, God seems to bring it all together. And here the Apostle Paul is heading in a straight line into Asia to preach the gospel, believing it to be the will of God for him. And all of a sudden he's piloted or guided by hindrance. God alters the course and the trajectory of what he believed to be right. 
And one of the things that I've discovered in the will of God is that you have to have a flexibility about you. You have to have an unswerving commitment to the will of God, but you also need to have a flexibility about you so that God can shape you and move you according to His will. And if you're an organised person and a planned person, and if you are a perfectionist, then this is stress for you. (laughs) Because planned people, organised people, come on, the kind of people that live by their calendar. I'm one of them, by the way. I'm not having to go at any of you because we are pure in Jesus' Name. We love to strategize. We love to plan. We love to know what two years from now is going to look like and what the outcomes are going to be. But then every now and again, God will throw you a curveball. And I've discovered something. Blessed are the flexible, (laughs) for they shall not be bent out of shape. That's not in the Bible, by the way. That's my proverb. But how many of you know it's to be true? Blessed are you if you are flexible and you allow the Spirit of God to move you, to guide you, to take you in a direction that He chooses. And of course, Paul was heading into Asia. He was heading east, but the Holy Spirit now moves him towards Europe and asks him to go west. Now, I love Europe. Who's ever been to Europe before? Name your favourite country in Europe. Here we go. One, two, three. So good. All of them are good. Love the idea of Europe. And one Bible commentator said that this move of Paul became the most monumentous event in the history of Europe. And that is because for the first time, the Gospel now reaches the shores of Europe. Uh, Little did Paul know that this one act of obedience, the effect it would have upon Europe, the churches that would be planted, the lives that would be reached. I mean, right now we're talking about in Europe, a population of approximately 748 million people currently live in Europe. And here is a step of obedience by a person allowing his life to be flexible, to move and to flow with the will of God. Did Paul ever think what the population of Europe would be in 2022, did he ever think how many churches came out of it? How many souls? How many people have actually come to Christ because of his flexibility? Every now and again, you need a little bit of flexibility. You need to be like that Play-Doh and just allow God to shape, to move, to call you, to just be a little bit flexible in the purposes of God. Now, the verse that I want to draw from today, one verse out of the passage that we read, and it's Acts chapter 16, verse 6. The Scripture says, 
And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And we see that this vision that Paul has in the night, now I don't know if it was like in the night as in it was night or he was sleeping, one of the two, we're not sure. But this vision penetrates his spirit because he was flexible. If you're not flexible, you may miss out on some things. You may miss out on the next phase, the next step, the next giant step in the purposes of God. He was just day to day doing the will of God, following what he thought the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And then all of a sudden in the night, he has a vision. And this seed of faith started to build a bridge between his present reality and his future. Imagine in this prayer and fasting season, a seed of faith is actually placed in your heart between what is your present reality and the future that God actually has. I'm just laying some things up before we kind of just get into it. And I just want you to check your flexibility for a moment. Because one of the things that happens in a prayer and fasting season is a supernatural download from God about His plan and His purpose for your life. And I wanna encourage you to say, Holy Spirit, here I am. You are not only my Saviour, Jesus, but You are also my Lord. He's not a partial Saviour, neither is He a partial Lord. We give ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So maybe in this prayer and fasting season, God may put something in your heart about your future that could alter your trajectory, could alter what you thought the next two, three, four, five years or 10 years could actually look like Paul was going in a certain direction. And all of a sudden, in the night, he has a vision. Who could do with one of those visions in this season? Something from God that comes into your heart. And God makes some adjustments. Amen. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about, of course, that flexibility. But when a vision actually comes from God and God begins to stir your heart towards a particular arena, how do you know that it is actually from God? Now, this brother, he has a vision in the night. I mean, you can't deny it. I mean, you can eat as much pizza as you want, but this is a goodie. This is like God has spoken to me. But most of the time, come on, let's be honest. It's a feel. It's a desire. Come on now. Now, those of you who have six visions per week, congratulations. I'm not one of them. And 99.9% of people that are here, neither do they. Yeah? Most of us, it's a desire. It's something from the Word that pops. It's conversation. And God begins to shape and mould little by little and moves us in a particular direction. So how do we know? You ready? Number one. 
I want you to notice out of that verse that it was a call from the weak to the strong. If a vision is from God, it is all about the betterment of other people. It's not about you. It's not about your platform. It's not how many times you get to hold the microphone in your hand per week. Amen. Look at the verse, Acts chapter 16. It says, come over to Macedonia and help us. Can you help us? A call from the weak to the strong. This one man in the vision represents all of Europe and his cry for help for Europe's need of Christ. A God-given vision is always about others. You know, you've heard me preach it before. You know, Moses, wow, what a life. What, what, a, what, a, what a journey in the purposes of God. From the time he was born to the time he, uh, he passed away. You think about the miracles. You think about the parting of the Red Sea. You think about leading millions of people from one phase, from slavery to freedom. I mean, what, what a hero. In Joshua chapter 1, when Moses passes away and Joshua takes on the reins, it's time for God to give the official speech about Moses dying. Now, if I was God, I'd put a whole heap of things. You know, Moses, he was like this. Moses, he was like that. And, and Moses, and he was obedient there. And all God says about him is, Moses, my servant, is dead. Because the highest accolade you can have is to be called a servant. Vision is always about others. In other words, your vision that comes from God is connected to other people's burdens. It should always be about the betterment of others. The Bible says, John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that He gave. What was His vision? For others. To rescue humanity. When Nehemiah was called, families were restored. A community was restored. Hope was restored. Captives were returned. If you are the only one that benefits from the vision, then it's not from God. God loves broken and hurting people more than anything. So if your vision does not improve God's most important treasure, people, then your vision is worth very little. Two statements about vision. The true worth of a vision is in the magnitude of its beneficiaries. Amen. Come on, don't get quiet on me now. Because we want to position ourselves in this time of flexibility to receive vision. But it's not about us. It's not about you. It's about hurting people. It's about people who need love. I'm sorry to tell you this. It's not even about your amazing gift, although it's awesome and we like it. But it's about people who are hurting. That is vision. Can I give you another one? A God-given vision 
is a clear picture of God's calling on your life to create, watch this, a better future for others. Wow. How good is that? Break it down today, Brad. This is the heart of God. Because if you want spiritual authority, if you truly want spiritual authority, true spiritual authority builds people up. It empowers, it releases, it lifts the hurting. That's true spiritual authority. And when spiritual authority loses its heart to serve other people, becomes an authority structure, becomes a power game. It's no longer about lifting others up. It's no longer about bringing hope to the lives of those that are around us. So parents, school teachers, leaders, company owners, managers, The reason why we have authority from God's perspective is to release potential. Not to squash, to release, to be a blessing. Just like Jesus, He took 12 ordinary people and guess what happened? Their lives were larger, amen. Their lives were better and their lives were stronger. That's the ministry of Jesus. So good. Well, Paul receives this vision and he now has to travel to the location that God calls him to go to. So of course he leaves Troas and he goes to the shores of Philippi and from Troas to Philippi is around about a 240 kilometre journey. So uh, so a two day journey. So he has a vision. Now, there's four of them. Now, Dr. Luke joins the journey. You've got Paul, Silas, young Timothy. Give it up for the young people. Amen. And you've got Dr. Luke, who loves their doctor. Amen. And these four are on this journey. Paul, during this time, he's, of course, just use your imagination with me just for a moment. He's downloading what's actually happened. He's downloading this vision that he's actually had. Well, in the download of the vision, something begins to happen. See, when you get a vision from God and you start to allow that vision to incubate and be birthed into your spirit, something that's invisible starts to move into the visible. There's a step of faith that's taken to leave Troas and to go to the shores of Philippi. We wanted to go this way and God said, go this way. But it's in the step of faith and it's in this vision that Paul has. Again, the wording, come over to Macedonia and preach to us. No, that's not what it says. Come over to Macedonia and lead us. No, come over to Macedonia and help us. So in the dialogue, the vision is incubated in birth and it's in the dialogue that they start to see things from God's perspective. It's about helping people. Amen. (laughs) 
It's about being a blessing to other people. Now, imagine they're on this boat. I mean, these four besties are together for four days, or two days, excuse me, having the conversation. I'm sure they were imagining Europe, always wanted to go to Europe. But now God's taking us to preach the gospel in Europe. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Possibility. Visualisation. Paul, how many churches do you think God's going to ask us to plant? I don't know, five, 10, 20? Do you think we'll be there for the rest of our lives? And dialogue, dialogue is happening. Because when you get a vision from God, number two, it's also a call to imagination. It's a call. Your imagination under the blood of Jesus is pure. (laughs) It's a blessing. It's holy. You think about Joshua. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, one of my favourite verses in the Bible. Watch this. Before Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho, guess what the Lord says to him? See, Comma, I have given Jericho into your hands. Joshua, see it, imagine it, imagine it. What does it look like? I have given Jericho into your hands. Your imagination is a blessing from God because in vision, imagination always comes before implementation. I love this verse, Psalm 19, verse 1. God's glory is on tour in the skies. God craft on exhibit across the horizon. Dream it, believe it, dialogue, talk about it. What's it like to plant a church one day? Talk to someone about it. What's it like to own a business? Come on, if you're a young person, you wanna own a business one day? Book a catch up with one of the business owners in the church. Because watch this, when you articulate it, words create worlds. Amen. Come on, worlds, or words, excuse me, create worlds. Some of you, you're not speaking it. You're not imagining it. And you need to make a choice today. I'm gonna speak with a new tongue and declare the blessing of God. I'm gonna scout the horizon. Because when you scout the horizon, there's a lift in your spirit, passion, focus. I can do this in Jesus' Name. When Alison and I were called to plant a church, you've heard me say it before, years ago, when we were called, there's two things about church planters. They've either heard from God or there's something wrong with them. Usually it's both. (laughs) But we would dialogue. We would talk. We didn't have a team. We just had imagination. Come on now. We had faith. We had each other to talk. And I'd imagine the front row. I'd imagine how far the purposes of God would go with this church plant. Imagine, imagine, 
imagine, imagine the goodness of God. Imagine what it's like to be a missionary. Come on, imagine what it's like to be somebody who can take a single mum out of a difficult situation and help that person and bless their kids and give them strength and hope. Imagine, imagine, imagine. Imagine what it's like to be a school teacher in front of primary school kids, working your gift, showing your smile. Imagine what it's like for some of you to be a mum, to hold that precious child in your arms. Imagine, imagine, imagine. Imagine what it's like to be a preacher. I love being a preacher. I love being in the ministry. Ministry is not bad. Come on, the ministry is good. Imagine. Imagine what it's like to be a grandparent for some of you. No, not yet. That's a bad imagination. I'm too young. (laughs) Thank God for imagination. Because this is what happens when you imagine the future under the blessing and the favour of God. True freedom is not doing anything you want to do, but giving all of yourself to what God has called you to do. That is true freedom. Imagine, imagine what it's like to be married. Amen? Come on, somebody, help me this morning. Nobody who's single wants to get married at Horizon Church. Imagine what it's like to be married. Imagine, here we go, what it's like to have no mortgage on your house. Come on now. Why? You can help others. You can be a blessing to others. Imagine. Imagine what it's like to have hair. I do every day. I saw myself riding my bike in Cronulla. My hair was so long, it whacked someone in the eyes. I said, don't worry, it's from God, you'll be blessed. Imagine. When was the last time you scouted the horizon? When was the last time? You imagine, you're so caught up in the present. You're so caught up in the now. You're so caught up in the dishes that need to be done when you get home. You've stopped scouting the horizon. You need to imagine and to talk about the future. It's not about your age. Come on, Caleb was 80 years of age and he said, give me this mount. Imagination, amen. Can we keep going? Number three, a call from without, fueled. don't worry, I don't have COVID. I'm just crying, so my nose is leaking. I actually got tears in my eyes, I'm being truthful. I'm laughing, but I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> Number three, a call from without, fueled. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> a call from without, fueled. watch this, a desire within. You gotta stay with me now on this one. I want to teach you something. A call from without. Now, when we think of the English word without, it's like I went without something. But without can also mean outside of yourself, right? So a call from without fueled a desire within. 
Watch the verse again. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. The call came about because of somebody else's need. Something without fueled a desire within. Amen. And think about the call of God for, for a moment. The call of God comes to us in three ways. There's the call from above. Paul said, King Agrippa, I must be obedient to the heavenly vision. God calls you. Can you say amen? Who's felt that call? Call from above. God puts something in your heart about the future. So not only does the call come from above, the call also comes, watch this, from beneath. What do I mean by that? Call from beneath, above, beneath, yes. Remember the story of Abraham, Lazarus and the rich man? Lazarus goes into torment and it says, So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the finger, or to dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. There's a call from beneath. That is, people are going to a Christless eternity. There is eternity on the other side of this world. People think of eternity as in born here, 10 years of age, 20, 30, some point when I get to 100 plus, I'll tip over into eternity. But the truth is, is eternity is right here. We're one heartbeat away from eternity, regardless of age. There's a call from beneath. People who don't know Jesus are going to a Christless eternity. We need to save souls. So there's a call from above. There's a call from beneath. And there's a call from without. The without call, we've touched on it already today, are people's needs. We live and we exist to be a blessing to others. If your vision and your dream is about how often you get to hold the microphone, you've missed it. This time of flexibility how do we help others? How do we take the Gospel to Europe? And I'll finish with this. A friend of mine, he had made his millions. In fact, more than millions, tens of millions. He had done so well. He's retiring. Any retirees in the house? Yeah, a few of us. I was about to say a few of us. No, that's not me. I'm only 25. <laughs> He goes on holidays, buys up land. He's got all land in the bottom of Western Australia. And he tours Asia. And one of the countries he decides to stop in is, let me go to Cambodia. So he goes with his wife. They're in Cambodia. 
never been to Cambodia before. While he's there, he sees the plight of children and he sees the poverty that they're in, sees the slums and something touches his heart. And the Holy Spirit said, who's gonna do something about this? He realises in that moment, he's just received a Macedonian call, a call from without. And he says, I've got to do something about this. I had lunch with him about six, seven weeks ago. And what started as a vision, a desire about 10 plus years ago has turned into thousands and thousands of children who've graduated from high school and now are in university programs across Cambodia. Because he believed that the call of God on him was to provide an education to children, encounter Jesus in the journey. To truly shape a nation, we need people who are in positions where the decisions are made. And he's had thousands come through. About five years ago in the journey, he thought, you know what? We should start a church while we're doing all of this. So he started firstly with life groups. Those life groups have grown and he now has in that area of Cambodia, more than a thousand plus life groups with about 25 people in each life group. A call from without. Now this is the cool thing about him. He's not a dynamic preacher. In fact, you're probably a better preacher than him. But he heard from God. He responded. He was flexible. And he thought, I'm selling all the land I own in the bottom of WA and I'm investing it into missions. And God has done something amazing. So I went there. I went there and I had a look. And this was so cool because there's so many of these kids that have encountered the presence of God over years and years that they had to hire out the National Auditorium. And he hired out the National or the biggest and best auditorium in Cambodia because he wanted these kids to know, we're not doing this on the streets, you're special. This was five-star auditorium. And man, these kids, I was there, they knew how to worship Jesus. They were bawling their eyes out as they worshipped our God and gave, gave Him praise. I wanna encourage you, be flexible in this season. Watch what God may do. A call from above, a call from beneath, but it all leads to a call from without. Can you say Amen? So Father, we're flexible today and our hearts are open to receive from You. Would You have Your way in our lives, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come Lord Jesus, do what You wanna do in this season. We pray and ask in Jesus' wonderful Name. With just the few minutes that we have remaining. I also wanna give an opportunity to people today. You can feel in your heart a call from God, but 
your call from God is to know Him as your Lord, to know Him as your Saviour, to know Him as your friend. His love is reaching out to you today. God's calling you and He's asking you to come home, to receive His love and to receive His forgiveness. In a moment, we're gonna bow our heads and close our eyes. And the reason why is we wanna give people an opportunity who've never made a decision for Jesus in their lives. You can do that today or you once did, but you've moved away from the love of God. If we could bow our heads and close our eyes, just contemplate this moment and to allow God's call to really penetrate your heart today. He loves you. He cares for you. He's for you. He's not against you. And in a moment, I'm gonna ask everybody in the auditorium to pray this prayer after me. It's a prayer that receives and accepts His love, His kindness and His forgiveness. And I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer after me. In fact, everybody in the auditorium, we're gonna pray this prayer as well to help those who may be praying it for the first time. Why don't you say this after me? Dear Jesus, I believe in You. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. I receive Your love, Your forgiveness and complete acceptance. I am now set free from my past. I'm now a child of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never prayed that prayer before or you did a long time ago and you're returning to the love of God, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. The reason why, I wanna see you. I wanna pray for you today. Once you've put up your hand, you can put it straight back down. Are you ready? On the count of three, lift it up nice and high. One, two, three. I'd love to pray for you today. God bless you. I see your hand up there. Anyone else? I'd love to pray for you today. Come on, lift it up. Be bold today. I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today in Jesus' wonderful Name. Let me pray for you today as you make this decision. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, with a grateful heart. So Father, thank You for those who've raised their hands today. I thank You for a new beginning. Thank You for a life-changing experience with the love of God. We pray and declare it in Jesus' wonderful Name. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Can we give those who raised their hand a great clap of encouragement? So good. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.